I'm Deb. And I'm Dave. And you're listening to We Digress. To season two, The Reckoning, we digress. You have been watching way too much Survivor. I've been watching a lot of Survivor. This episode, actually, we're going to dig into, we're going to unpack some, <laughs> no, we're not going to do unpacking. that either. We're going to talk about compassion, uh, and I will digress Charlie talking about some of our favorite TV shows that have something to do with that. Great British. Um, today, we're going to be talking about uh, compassion, and uh, may even digress. We'll digress into, we've been doing this like a a year. And I still don't know how to say the title. Uh, we will digress probably into some of our favorite shows for you, which you've introduced me to is uh, The Great British Baking Show. And uh, I have been rediscovered one of my old favorites, the, actually the longest running reality show on American television. Survivor, the granddaddy of them all. I've really become obsessed with it again, <laughs> watching old seasons of it. It's pretty fantastic. In fact, we're starting, that's a whole new format. For what? the uh, podcast, we're just going to talk about Survivor <laughs> recap. You, That's not true. You wish. Yeah, no. So Survivor is the, you know, this amazing social experiment. The outwit, outplay, outlast. Yeah, where they uh, put like 16 to 20 people on an island for 39 days. And wow, uh, you know a lot of detail. I'm just saying. <laughs> and uh, they end up, the, of course, the idea is you have to vote somebody off the island. That's even gone into our lexicon. Mm-hmm. Like of American culture is when somebody's kind of on the outs, we say they voted off the island. And so it's been really fascinating, you know, to watch it and, uh, uh, and to see how that dynamic works with their relationships. As opposed to the other show that we got into the last year. Oh, my goodness. The Great British Baking Show. And I think we've talked about this before. There is so much compassion on that show. And it's so interesting because every season starts out, you know, with what is it, like 16 people in the tent in England and it's just very calm and soothing and then they're doing this challenge. Which you wouldn't expect about a show about baking. <laughs> yeah, you just sit back with a cup of tea and but it's it's just very there's intensity, but it, it's not like you have that like bump bump and then is this going to happen and then go to commercial, you know, just break and then they recap the whole thing and Great British Baking Show doesn't do that. You just keep going through the journey. And then when people mess up, and it it doesn't seem like it happens in the first episode, but once the people have been around each other a little bit, it's like they're on each other's team. Right. When somebody's running out of time. So the, yeah. the biggest difference, and I, I'm, an, I, I'm a crier. I'm oh. an easy crier. And I get choked up almost every single episode of The Great British Baking Show because mm-hmm. someone's, you know, and the drama, there is all sorts of drama. Like one time this cake didn't get done. Yep. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so like that is dramatic my brownies um so uh but somebody will be having trouble at the end time is running out and they're running around mm-hmm. and all the people around them who are already finished or even if they're not even finished sometimes yeah. will run over or someone can't turn over the cake out of the pan and someone will run, run over and one of the other contestants to hold it for them yeah. and you'll see these shots of six people around trying to help somebody patch together their woefully underdone bunt and it's a competition, so it's to their advantage if their co-competitors fail. Right. But they just seem to step in, and and I don't know, maybe it's a British thing. I think it might be even a it might be a British thing. It might be a baker thing versus 
versus cutthroat like, athletic competition. For instance, on Survivor, mm-hmm. one of the ones I was just watching, and this speaks right to the point we're talking about compassion. One of the contestants, middle of the night, gets woken up, and they're like, "Your son is having an emer- you know, medical emergency. You need to go. Your wife is asking you to come home." So of course the guy. Like they jump, interrupt the show. They interrupt the show in the middle of the night. They're sleeping <clears throat> in their little cobbled together shelter, and. Jeff Probst, America's camp director, shows up. <laughs> America's youth pastor shows up and says, um, you know, your, your son's having a medical emergency. Your wife needs you to come home right now. The guy, of course, gets up, says goodbye, takes off. And they're interviewing and everyone's kind of shaken up. But in the little private interview, one person's like, I know I feel horrible for him. I would do the same thing. But I got to admit, I'm kind of happy because this person was a huge threat to me winning. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I mean, it's a whole different thing where they're realizing, you know, they're showing, yeah, I feel bad for them, but you know what? I'm kind of glad they had this emergency, which is kind of anti-compassion. Yeah, yeah. And it's so, I mean, they're both competitions and they're both who lasts to the end. Right. And, um, but I don't know. I wonder if part of it is, you know, obviously they're all facing one judge. Right. You know, in the Great British break, blah, Great show. British Baking Show, they're facing, you know, Prue and Paul, where in Survivor, they're actually having to pit each other against each other and make alliances. And right. and there's the social game, there's the athletic game, there's the strategic game in Survivor. But, but in Survivor, compassion is definitely oftentimes, I think it's real. People uh-huh. make actual genuine, relate. there's been several, like they make genuine compassionate friendships. But in, during those 39 days, compassion is definitely currency. Hmm. And it's like, um, we may do something nice for you, but I definitely, you know, I expect you to return that in some way. Maybe it's, maybe it's just kindness. Maybe you're going to be nice to me, but I expect you to vote the way I want to vote or sometime I'm going to need you know, your portion of rice or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Compassion is definitely a, a strategic currency quid pro quo thing. That's so interesting. And I think, you know, to some extent, I'm sure it also is in the baking show because maybe in that moment you think, okay, what if this happened to me? What right. would I want yeah. someone else to do? Which, which is a genuine motivation, sure. a good motivation. But I think it translates sometimes that competitiveness or that what do I get from this kindness or what do I get out of this compassion? That's like, that's like a base human nature thing. And I think that's part of what, why it comes out so much in Survivor. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's viewed not only as currency, but exactly. I think in any, any, any human interaction, not Mm -hmm. just on a reality show, but that's where it's kind of shown into a spotlight on it. Cause that's the whole point of a reality show. Right telling a story of the human condition, but it's viewed as weakness. Sometimes too much compassion is viewed as weakness uh-huh. or it's someone shows compassion and then has regret about it. And we've even seen that on your great British baking show that yeah. someone was like, I shouldn't have let them use the freezer because they're, uh, you know, tart uh, set faster than mine. Mm-hmm. I, I made that up. I don't know if there really is a tart that got, do tarts get set faster? No idea. Okay, good. Anyway, but the I've point is. one, I don't think. <laughs> Now I want a tart. So I think it's, you know, humans, though, we're kind of the same way that we sometimes will do something nice and then later have a regret. Like, what if I just gave away a resource, whether it's stuff or emotion or compassion or relationship that I'm going to want later or something like that? Yeah, 
and you know, it's really interesting because this has become kind of a, a broader conversation about compassion in the current political climate where it's become so politicized um, and wielded as a, a, a weapon, you know, like, well, let's just use for an example, bleeding heart liberal, um, you know, like even in our own community, you know, you don't know who's going to be detained just because they look like an illegal immigrant. Right. It's just this, this thing. And it's, it's really bringing to this, this tension is bringing to the surface, this, this compassion issue that we have in our culture and not just in our culture, but unfortunately in the church. Yeah. In fact, compassion sometimes is viewed as enabling yep and uh not just you know immigration status i just saw yesterday uh homelessness is a huge issue everywhere but especially near where we are and someone had their uh, rv parked in a parking lot that they were obviously living in and someone took a picture of it and kind of made a joke about it and then people on the on social media and then people are jumping in you don't know what's going on and just this immediate polarizing because you know and then the people who are saying you don't know what's going on there other people are jumping in you know what i had worked three jobs and it you know i mean just all mm -hmm. the stuff that it begins this immediate pigeonholing mm -hmm. and so just like you're saying regardless of the issue that uh, that's not only in in the government but in the church too that we're wondering how much is helping somebody too much am i enabling them and causing them to not grow or something yeah I think social media has exposed this kind of grossness in in us, both as a country and just as individuals where it is this, it's almost like Survivor, where you have this moment where you're just on camera by yourself-ish sure. and you're saying things and then, <laughs> and, and in a vacuum almost, because you're in the comfort of your own home, you're right. not saying this directly face-to-face -to, -face to a person or you know, we have this little buffer, but then all of a sudden we also all know all of these things about what people think about everything. And right. it's very polarizing, but that's a bit of a digression. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. That's why we call it. We digress. Yeah. But the thing about compassion that we have to remember, and we do have a point here, is that compassion is a response to suffering. And in Baker's Expository Dictionary of the Bible, it, it says it's the human disposition that fuels acts of kindness and mercy. The Latin root of compassion means to suffer with. And so compassion, it's not supposed to be a negative thing. It's supposed to be our deepest, truest, best self coming out toward another person but you have to you have to nurture it and practice it and or this this guy David Englehart in Bible study tools he wrote compassion needs to be nurtured and practiced or even this basic love response can grow dull and cold right and and, and again i just just thinking about all of that you know this idea to suffer with this idea to enter into somebody's life with them you know we go from understanding, which is kind of an intellectual thought, you know, an idea of I get what's going on to you to actually caring about them. Yeah. And uh, so understanding, then we begin to care and then compassion. And it's not a condescending. Sometimes mm -hmm. we say pity mm -hmm. and that comes off as a negative thing. But I think there is genuine heartfelt pity right. that is more empathy. Yeah, it's more empathy than sympathy, more, more than understanding, more than just getting it. It's caring, genuinely caring about somebody like it, who's in suffering. It hurts you. It right? hurts me that you're hurting. Right. Uh, and I think the goal of it, again, when he's saying, you know, in that quote, we're talking about, you got to practice it. Mm -hmm. The difficulty with, with, I think, real compassion that 
I would say it's maybe not a human thing that we can we can practice compassion up to a certain level, but we're kind of self-centered, selfish mm-hmm. people who the fear is if I'm going to give of my resources, of my emotion, of my care, am I going to have enough left for me? So whether that's baking show, whether, hey, do you have any sugar? I've only got enough for what I'm doing Yeah. versus, you know, on Survivor, do you have, you know, I got to make sure I got mine first. And then if I have extra, I'm going to help that we're afraid we're not going to be cared for. And so that's where I think the supernatural comes in, mm-hmm. where once we can be confident that I'm going to be cared for at my deepest level, then I can genuinely actually care for somebody. And I have a point, <laughs> care for somebody without making them A, earn it. Mm-hmm or be worthy of it, mm-hmm. or uh, reciprocate. And wow. reciprocate not just by giving back to me, but by being fixed. Hmm. I maybe show compassion to you by giving love, giving care, giving a tangible need, you know, help. And you may not get better right away. Right. And if that's why I'm doing it, then it would seem like a wasted, you know, it's currency that's wasted. Yeah, we don't want to call it this, but it is a sort of manipulation because what you're looking for is an end result right rather than the compassion itself being right perfect great way to say that great way to say that yeah and so again that's why we have to go beyond ourselves even to the point of suffering with mm-hmm. kind of without knowing that without an ironclad guarantee that i'm going to feel okay at the end of this mm-hmm. that i'm going to care for somebody to that level mm-hmm. i'm going to pull this into the context of recovery for a minute because it's something I think that, you know, as uh, the spouse of someone in recovery or parent or friend or whoever it is, if someone close to you has pushed your compassion to the limits and beyond, once they are in genuine need, I mean, they're con- they're always in genuine need of right. your compassion, always, but it's really difficult to... Um, allow yourself to have the tenderness in your soul uh, toward that person that true compassion requires right. because you feel like it's letting down some sort of defenses and exposing you to be vulnerable. And so what we do this, even in that quote, how he says that's basic love response can grow dull and cold if, if it's not nurtured. Right. And what happens in that dysfunction there is that that compassion can be really shut down and reviving that compassion is critical to mending that relationship. And so we need help um, on the end of the person who has experienced either betrayal or are these wounds that are caused by someone um, to the point that it has shut down that response of compassion and where we need some outside help to help us revive that and help us see how we can be compassionate to someone without strings attached. Right. And, and not just strings of I'm going to, you know, like we said, tangible things, but emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. and, and being on both sides, you know, I'm 12 years, almost 12 years clean now. Yep. So I've, I've been an opportunity, God's given me opportunity to be compassionate to other people, but also as the recipient of compassion, you know, when it's cold and dead or dulling, when yeah. it's like, I'm doing this now, I think it's always better, even if you don't feel it. To show compassion, even if you're struggling to get there emotionally. That's the practice. That's the practice of it. Mm -hmm. But but as one receiving it, there are times that that sometimes you can feel that their heart isn't in it. In fact, the heat and and I think the the healing properties of that 
are lessened because mm -hmm. yes, thank you for being compassionate or at least doing a compassionate thing. But I know I still have something, I feel like I have something to earn or still like I got to get my act cleaned up. And so when that some, when you can sense someone is also there with their heart, as well as their action, as well as their word, that is the, that really is a salve or balm to your soul. And it means a lot. It's way more effective. Mm -hmm. And the problem with a show like Survivor is people are constantly trying to figure out how to fake that, mm -hmm. how to win friends and influence people. You know, that old yeah. classic thing of if you can show somebody that you're interested in them, even if you're not, they'll buy your broom. Oh, or, my goodness. Yes. And so that's where we got to work rather than performing better. It's being better, yeah. I think. Yes, I think so, too. I think it's that's that thing. You have to practice it. And it, you have to nurture it. And, and I think one of the ways to do that is to experience yourself. Let somebody else be compassionate to you so you know what that's really like. That's so true. And someone on your side, I wonder, is this true? Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Is it harder for you to, has it getting easier to, for you to experience compassion? Because before you couldn't be that vulnerable to even let somebody take care of you. Yes. Yes, because it's when, when you are in a place of security um, and you can begin to let your defensive wow. down, defenses down, and whether it's a place of, of like physical safety or whether it's a place of, you know, emotional and mental health stability, yeah. which is often the case uh -huh. um, for people who have been um, the spouse of someone in addiction. You know, there are we have our own issues to deal with to separate me from you yeah. and allow us to actually experience compassion for you from a place of wholeness in ourselves. Otherwise, it does become manipulative. It's like it, you have this expectation of, I was so good to you <laughs> last time. I forgave you. And what did you do with my forgiveness? You know, you, yeah. th those kinds of things come up. But I love the pictures of compassion in the New Testament. I love the Old Testament, of course. It's one of my favorite phrases in Exodus is, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. That's God saying, right. you don't get to tell me who I get to have compassion for. <laughs> right. It is my job. And, and then it's so interesting how that translates into Jesus, where he comes into this New Testament context, and he is showing compassion to people that were outcasts and rejects. And it's that same thing of, I will have compassion on whom I will ha have compassion. And if you look through the New Testament, you see him being compassionate to the helpless crowds, sick people, hungry people, blind people. And then you have this beautiful picture. He's like, as if my life and showing you isn't enough, right. I'm going to paint a word picture for you and tell you about the father who flings wide open his arms of compassion to welcome his wayward son home. And he's like, this, this is compassion. Yeah. Yeah. All those, those parables, the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the prodigal son that we call or, or the forgiving father. And, and I love that Jesus in, in his life, in reality, you know, not only healed the sick and gave blind the sight, gave a crowd of 5,000, you know, he showed compassion by giving them lunch. Yeah. And so it was big and little, all from the heart. And so whether it was that the crowd was peckish <laughs> or whether the crowd, it was, uh, you know, someone who was literally on a mat and couldn't move without the help of his pals, Christ had the same level, the same depth and the same potent compassion and did something for them. And in the middle of that, they also realized, oh, my sins are forgiven and I am loved and I'm cared for. And also then turned all the people who were trying to figure it out and judging him for it going, 
shut up. I'm going to do this. How I, if I can have compassion on that guy, that should give you hope rather than judgment. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty powerful pictures. It is. And you know, it all comes back to baking. It does come back what, to baking. What did Jesus serve? I gave him loaves. <laughs> yes. Mm. Loaves and fish. Now I want a loaf. Yeah. That's mm. Survivor too. Don't they eat a lot of fish on Survivor? They do eat fish. Wow. You're right. It all does come back to reality. Television. I know. I know. But, uh. Yeah, so compassion as someone who has needed a lot of compassion in his life, man, and, and th- it has turned my life. And thank goodness for the community, not just my wife, but my kids and my church and just friends who had compassion on me and were willing to, you know, have too much, com- not too much, but like over and over and over compassion. And thank goodness for you. Think of, you know, when you're saying you had community who taught you who gave you compassion too when you were, when you needed it. Yeah. I I think that because like I said, you shut that off and then you have to kind of relearn it. And, and I know there are a lot of people who, when you have had um, a break that's that severe in your closest relationship, that it makes it really difficult for you to open yourself up to other people and allow them to be compassionate to you. And it also stifles your own compassion because you remember that feeling or, and especially people, I mean, I'm, I know that this is a blessing. What we have here, it's a miracle and a blessing and a gift. And I know other people who have not had that end result and whose feeling towards someone who is struggling with addiction is compassion is the farthest thing from them because they've felt and still feel the betrayal, the being stolen from the you know, uh, the expectation that this person was going to get better and then they end up in jail or they, you know, it's, it's not every story is the same, but, but, but at the heart of it, recovering our compassion really can not only changes us, but it also the outpouring of that changes the people around us. Absolutely. Wow. That is potent. That's powerful. So thank goodness for the people who've given compassion and that we've learned, continuing to learn it. And it takes a long time. I think that's great to say that it it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen the same way for everybody. And especially removing the equation aspect that just because you show compassion doesn't mean you get the result that you want. Yeah. Separating that somehow in our mind and learning that over and over and having to relearn it and re and practice it. Yeah. So. Yeah. We don't practice compassion for an end result. Compassion is the end result in itself. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to We Digress and do follow us on Facebook at We Digress with Dave and Deb as we have upcoming news about our book coming out in November. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Yeah. Go watch Survivor. And the Great British Baking Show.